Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sermons, where we seek Jesus Christ beyond the pulpit. Today's episode, we're going to discuss tithing. Now, among Christian circles, tithing is the practice of giving 10% of your earnings to the church. It's a practice that's well documented in the Bible. It's believed that few Christians actually give 10% or even higher, but closer to the average of perhaps 2%, perhaps even 2.5% of their income. How does God see these percentages? Well, quick question. So am I a 10%er? Let me get that out of the way real quick. Short answer is not financially anymore. I endeavor to be a cheerful giver, whether it be money or anything else I value. I want to give wisely with joy in my heart that God's glory will be revealed to one or more precious souls. So let's take a look at some scriptures on the topic. By no means do I expect to cover every verse. Um, This is not going to be that long of a podcast episode. Um, But in general, tithing is discussed mainly in the Old Testament, while in the New Testament, and also the Old Testament, again, it mentions more the charitable heart. So let's ponder on a few of the verses in the Old Testament. So in the Old Testament, let's start with Leviticus Uh, 27 verse 30. It says, and I quote from the New Living Translation, it says, one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. So some of my thoughts here, and I'm going to try and do this with each of the subsequent verses, is to sort of share some of my thoughts or maybe some of the pondering questions in my heart. So a couple of pondering questions after reading Leviticus 27.30 is, um, was tithing exclusive to just the Jews, the Hebrews? Um, And then also, I'm also questioning, did tithing include money along with food donations? You know, were food the primary donations? Um, You know, a more exhaustive look into tithing will probably say, yeah, money was included. Uh, But that's not going to be the total focus of this podcast episode. Moving on to Proverbs 3, verses 9 through 10. It says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grains and your vats will overflow with good wine. So the question here for me is, how do we honor God with the best part of our financial income? You know, we live in an economy today where not everyone has like a farm, piece of farmland, 40 acres and a mule. And just basically, um, you know, having their livelihood come directly from the earth. You know, we have a much more complex um, economic situation now. How do we honor God in this sort of environment? Proverbs 11 verse 24 says, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Question is, does this apply to everyone? You think about some of the one percenters, some of the mega rich people. Um, I don't know if they donate in secret or whatever, but there have been times where I'll see headlines of X, Y, and Z billionaire donates a few hundred million dollars to one cause or another. And, uh, who knows is it a publicity stunt? Is it from the heart? You know, why give? And then, um, basically have people brag about it. So, and then uh, the other question when I think about Proverbs eleven twenty four is, should we give freely and expect an ROI, meaning a return on investment? When we give, is it an investment? So um, 
the answer should be no. Um, I you should expect um, no strings to be attached, right? So uh, moving on to Psalms four verse five, it uh, says, "Offer sacrifices in the right spirit and trust the Lord." So my question when I give is, what's my motive for giving an offering? You know, am I trying to impress somebody? Am I trying to work favor of some sort um, and try to, quote unquote, control my destiny more? So then we move on to Malachi 3 verses 8 through 12. This is definitely one of the more popular scriptures, um, in particular verse number 10. But we'll get to that within the scope of this uh, quote. And it says here, starting from verse 8, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me, but you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do this, if you do, says the Lord of heaven's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's army. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's army. So my questions um, that I think about when pondering this is how can a Gentile appreciate such a command from God? Um, and then uh, from there, I also tried to, I did a little bit more research and thought about what about Malachi chapter one, a couple chapters back where God reprimands the priest for allowing blemished sacrifices. Um, I'm just going to stick a pin right here and ask, should a church outline the type of money that should not be allowed in the offering bin? For example, you know, illegal drug money. What about money earned from prostitution? Uh, maybe money that are, um, was embezzled, making it into the church bin, uh, church offering. Uh, what about fraud? You know, um, there's a lot of dirty money out there in this world. Um, you know, what are pastors and the elders, you know, doing to filter out such type money? Is there any type of um, action? Is there any type of plans, any type of outline, any type of filters? Um, my simple answer to that is no. You give and, <clears throat> you know, the church is just going to receive. Um. But of course, I'm not going to say that's going to be for all churches. Let me let me um, let me correct myself on that one. But based upon my experience, um, I've never been questioned about, you know, the money I gave. Um, it was usually gladly received. And then I typically was received um, in a variety of ways. I'll talk more about that a little bit later, though. Now, let's just go to the New Testament. In the New Testament, Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, it says, Watch out, do not do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. 
Well, that's one of the challenges with giving tithes, okay? Especially by check or debit. Uh, by the way, giving tithes and offering using credit is unbiblical. That's cultish. Please don't do that. Now, tithes are usually recorded in church ledger, and there were a few occasions I started giving at a new church, and the next Sunday I would be rewarded with handshakes from pastors and various leaders in the church, or perhaps I would receive an automatic membership. Um, yeah, quote unquote automatic membership. My tithe was being tied to some sort of social standings, and that made me cautious. Now, not all churches are like this. And let me reiterate that. Not all churches are like this. But I began to see signs of how my giving was benefiting the church, but the exchange was not totally worshiping God. This was very troublesome for me. Now, Matthew chapter 6, verses 21. It says here, wherever your treasure is, the desire there the desires of your heart will also be. I think about this and I think tithing became increasingly difficult for me because I gave out of duty. Um, you know, I grew up in a church and tithing was basically preached, preached, preached every, not every Sunday, but, you know, it was very much uh, an honored tradition and I never questioned it much growing up. So basically when it comes to giving, um, I was giving out of duty and my heart was conflicted many times when giving, you know, mainly because of even church spending habits. I would see how churches would spend the tithes and the offering. And I disagreed with the, with um, where funds were being allocated with on times. And that at times also broke my heart. So Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44, um, it says here, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. A couple of points here. God knows our financial status uh, to the smallest denomination. Jesus focused on the woman's heart and her giving, and that became a lesson for his disciples and even us to today. Can we entertain God with our giving? I would say yes. We can impress God with our giving, but we can't outgive God. I, I learned this lesson a few years ago. While attending a service at a mega church, a missionary preached that Sunday. At the end of the service, he began to share his vision of a missions trip to Brazil and put out a call for donations. After some struggles of giving to mega churches, you know, I spoke to the Lord. God laid on my heart to donate ten dollars, but I intended to give sacrificially. Prosperity preachers like to use that word, so uh, instead of the $10, let's try $100. A couple days later, I checked my bank account expected to see $100 deducted, but instead I only saw a $10 deduction. And in my meditations, that's when the Lord spoke to my heart and told me that I cannot outgive him. And that is better to be obedient than to sacrifice. Luke 6, verse 38, it says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. 
The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, I hear this once again a lot with prosperity preaching or, you know, some motivational speeches from the pulpit. I remember attended a mega church in Arizona. It's called uh, Living Word uh, Church. Um, very much a prosperity preaching church. Uh, God laid on my heart to go to that church. Um, I was skeptical of the message, um, didn't really give. But when I did give one time, you know, I, you know, like I said, pastors are shaking my hands and so forth. Apparently, the amount I gave put me on the upper echelon, you know, gave me sort of some gold or platinum status, which I never really appreciated. But while attending that church, I found myself more disturbed in, by the prosperity message. Every single message seems to boil down to giving more and more money to the church. Um, and I watched many members of the, um, I know one member or a former member who gave to the point of, you know, getting, they, they lost their house. They had to move, uh, you know, marriage was on the rocks because of, um, you know, overgiving and all that stuff. And, you know, where was the church, um, you know, to help during perhaps recessions? Well, from my understanding, even the pastor had to claim bankruptcy, but, you know, through some financial wizardry, you know, he didn't lose his house. I would imagine that, you know, a lot of the homes and so forth was in his wife's name only and stuff like that. And, you know, there are a whole bunch of financial instruments that are out there. It was just very unfortunate to see some of the vulnerable people in that church who gave and gave faithfully, quote unquote, sacrificially, you know, took their kids' college education funds and gave to the church and so forth. You know, it was sad to see um, them get burned. Um, but in a way as well, too, though, this also should be a lesson for those who give sacrificially with um, possibly greedy motives. You know, God is not going to reward the greedy heart as well, too. So if you're giving to the Lord so you can get back more, you know, don't be surprised if God allows you to experience um, poverty. God allows you to experience a financial downfall. God allows um, a lot of mishaps to occur, like family breakdowns and so forth. So I don't know. I haven't been to this church in ages, but um, when I did visit their website, um, the senior pastor, which is a father, I, I shouldn't mention that it is a family that basically runs this church or heads this church. So you have a father, a mother, and then two sons. Um, I believe now that the church has been has been rebranded where the sons are now the lead pastors. And um, I saw that they have a renewed reputation of giving back to the community. Um, that being said, I still think there's some blood on their hands of the many lives negatively impacted by their prosperity gospel. So uh, getting back to scriptures here. What I learned from Luke chapter six um, is that we should not put our trust in money, but that we should put our trust into God, the provider. God is not just a provider within the church setting, but in our everyday life. This may sound like karma points, but according to Matthew chapter five, verse 45, God gives his sunlight to both good and evil, and he sends rain on the just and unjust. 
You do not need to believe in God to receive earthly blessings. On the other hand, eternal blessings requires accepting the gift of salvation through confession of our sinful nature. Speaking of sinful nature, let's take a look at Luke chapter 16, verse 10. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. This is an exciting verse, and I have learned to stay in my lane. I keep my expectations for financial windfalls quiet so I can better sense God's movement. I've learned to read scriptures more so I can better understand not only God's glory, but also avoid greedy mistakes of his followers. I believe it is God-driven. It is a God-driven desire to do more for his glory, and we must trust God to order our steps. Acts chapter 20, verse 35, it says, and I quote uh, from Paul, I believe, and I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, uh, a few points here. Giving money is just as valuable as giving time and various forms of labor, not only to the church, but towards many uh, circumstances meant to glorify God, such as volunteering at church. Um, That's a great way to give instead of just giving money. But I do caution people who volunteer at church, don't allow a church to burn you out on possibly your day of rest and rejuvenation. Life is very busy. So when it comes to giving church, giving to church, don't allow the church to abuse your volunteer, uh, your voluntary acts of kindness and dedication. Um, you know, other things you could do too is uh, give to the homeless or give to the unfortunate, uh, father the fatherless, or you know, be helpful to you know wid- widows or the elderly, and do so with an attitude of gratitude because of Jesus Christ. The other simple things you can do also too is perhaps kind words of encouragement. You know, give a listening ear to someone who's just overwhelmed by life. Uh, there are many gifts of the spirit. So exercising your your gifts of, in the church, you know, those are all forms of uh, of giving to the church as well. So Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse six through seven says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. That sums it up perfectly for me, actually. We should give often and cheerfully with no strings or favors attached and whatever we give in secret, you know, God will reward openly. We're giving as a um, a sign of worship to God who can see all, who knows all. Let us focus on God when we do give. I do understand that there's some difficulties in giving to various churches or even various organizations with perhaps maybe even a Christian label. Let me reiterate that all organizations are not financially irresponsible. Not all churches are financially irresponsible. I might even say that there are a majority of them are financially responsible and accountable. The ones that take a misstep, uh, when they take a misstep, it's usually a big issue. And uh, for me, I had an episode in my life where I worked for a Christian nonprofit organization. Uh, the name of the organization is Campus Crusade or 
crew. They rebranded themselves um, back in the 2000s. I ended up working there for about a year, year and a half or so. And I was there as a web developer. And, you know, I was helping them to basically build up their web ministries. Well, the thing is, um, while working there, um, there was a situation where they would actually, um, the way Campus Crusade is set up is you basically have um, a lot of ministries that, or ministers that raise their own salaries. They, they travel around maybe to churches or whatever, and they tell about their mission and, you know, what they're doing to spread the gospel and people um, decide to donate monthly uh, to them and help basically give them, uh, help them make a living while they spread the gospel full time. I'm not sure what kind of promises or sort of information they share with people when they when they request donations or support, as is the common word used. But one time I was working on a website for them and apparently it was generating um, 100,000 or so visits per month or so on average. Um, I did some upgrades and part of the upgrades was upgrading the analytics package for them. And while upgrading it, um, we noticed that instead of 100,000, they were actually getting more closer to 5,000. And um, it was consistently a consistent drop-off. Um, it was consistently 20X less uh, for the next month or so. And um, I was instructed um, to fix the data and I wouldn't do so. And um, there were a number of other things that were also some red flags as well too, but I'm not gonna get into all of that. But uh, long story short, um, they needed to continue to tell people that millions upon millions visit this particular website or whatever. And um, I was not gonna support their narrative um, I, if anything, I was suggesting that they should change the narrative, um, because 5,000 a month is still, a, a nice impact as well, too. That being said, um, I was laid off. I was laid off for quote unquote behavioral reasons and, you know, whatever manipulative, manipulative tactics you want to insert wherever you want. But yeah, I was laid off for those reasons. Um, and after 10 hours of discussion with them, just trying to plead with them that, hey, listen, uh, this is dishonest. Um, you know, this is not godly. This is not biblical at all. You know, ultimately, the leadership decided um, I didn't know what I was talking about. And um, it's very sad, but I've also, quote unquote, dusted my sandals. I cannot in um I cannot recommend this organization. The transparency is not there. Um and honestly, um I do not have confidence in the leadership. And um, you know, they're protecting a lot of um bad intent. So that's my quick little testimony. Um granted a negative testimony with Campus Crusade uh or crew. I'm sure they didn't start off like that, but unfortunately, once you start pulling in half a billion to a billion dollars a year in money, that type of success can corrupt us and can separate us um, from the wisdom of God, the love of God. Yeah, self-righteousness, double-mindedness, a lot of that stuff can kick in once that type of success starts to um, 
can um, start to uh, enter our lives. That's why um, I recommend Proverbs chapter 30, you know, uh, where where part of the prayer is, Lord God, don't give me too much, but don't give me too little either. Just give me enough that I can survive and that I can live, you know, comfortably. So that's my story of um, working at Campus Crusade, a very short story. Um, uh, if you want to know more details, by all means, reach out to Beyond Sermons uh, for more discussions on that. So that being said, what are some foolproof ways to give today? Uh, I'm not sure if there's, um, you know, truly a trustless way to give, but I love the idea of crowdfunding and was really impressed that a church actually used it to fundraise for three specific projects. Here's uh, those projects. Um, they needed money to finish off some parking spaces. Um, they needed money to do some tree removals. And then also they needed money to add a uh, illuminated cross beacon on top of the building so that, you know, as people drive up and down this busy road, they can see the cross and basically, you know, maybe have a moment to reflect on Jesus Christ. Now, I loved the specific goals and the abilities to see the fundraising progress that crowdfunding usually provides. So I gave money towards the Illuminated Cross Project. I gave a significant amount, apparently, and I automatically became a special member of the church. At least that's what I saw in the email. Um, by the way, I do not endorse membership. It's a little bit too clicky for me, and I just don't find, I have not found the biblical, um, the biblical support for it. After receiving this email for uh, announcing that I'm a special member of this church now, um, that's when I received the invitation to a special appreciation presenta presentation. Um, I got there and, you know, I'm thinking, oh, this is a, oh, a thank you presentation. I'm like, yeah, you're welcome. It's not a big deal. Um, but no, um, instead they presented reasons why I should give more money to the church. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I showed up for this live infomercial. Yeah, so I figured I'd sit and listen and learn as much as I can. And then after the presentation, I decided to speak with various deacons and leaders in the church. And what I learned was that there was no consensus on how the church would impact the local community. The potential was definitely there. I just didn't see a clear vision. I, you know, there was a lot of building space, a lot of open space, but I'm just like, what are you going to use this for? What type of ministries that are going to, that you're going to use to reach out to the local community? And there was really no answer. So because of that, I stopped giving to this particular church. And I also kept an eye on that Illuminated Cross project. And even after two years of waiting for this cross, Illuminated Cross to be erected, um, no Illuminated Cross. And I also never received any project updates either. By the way, I still do receive spam from this church for a variety of other things. But in any case, though, hey, I got burned. I move on. Now, in summary, giving tithes and offering benefits the church and the individuals that are fully dedicated to its operation. There are many churches that are accountable and great stewards of your financial gifts. 
But money is a touchy subject. And when a church financially, uh, when a church makes a financial misstep, it does hit the it does hit the heart, and it can hit hard. Um, but instead of halting all your gifts, I, I learned that when I give blindly to a church, it is irresponsible. So I recommend doing your research. And I also encourage churches to also become more transparent with their spending habits and give us the option, give people the option to sort of weigh the good and the bad because no church is perfect. And at that point, I would recommend finally asking God for the wisdom to delegate your gifts, talents, and value. And by the way, when it comes to giving, a lot of people want to talk about sowing a seed. So I'll just end this by saying, when it comes to sowing a gift, we each can do this by simply telling one more person about the gift of salvation from Jesus Christ. With that being said, this concludes another episode of Beyond Sermons, where we see Jesus Christ beyond the pulpit. If you are blessed by this podcast, please visit uh, beyondsermons.com to rate rate subscribe on the platform of your choice so be blessed to be a blessing